0: And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Have you ever asked yourself, why the heck am I not receiving interviews? You may be sending your resume out to job posting after job posting and feeling like either you're not getting much traction or it's radio silence. This can be an incredibly tough thing for job seekers to face. Especially during a time of transition. So, in this episode, we're going to go over a few key things that we can look at to get you some more interview. So, let's launch right into it. This is episode 180 of the Career Warrior Podcast. Okay, so why am I not getting interviews? The question that may be just bothering you and maybe echoing around in your brain right now, in your mind. And The first thing that I want to tell you is this. It can suck not getting responses. I am right there with you. And I know that, you know, part of what you're dealing with is not just the fact that you're waiting on getting interviews or jobs and objectively you need a job, but it's also this emotional piece that also comes with it. And, you know, just the anxiety that comes with it and knowing and just constantly questioning yourself whether or not it's going to work out. And you are not alone. Just know that you're not alone. There are plenty of other people listening to the same exact episode, probably at the same time as you. So there is that emotional piece right now. And we're not going to cover that in this episode. But what I will tell you is if that is plaguing you, make sure to check out our 179th episode, our last one before this with Dr. Benjamin Ritter, where we cover the fear of failure, rejection, and some of the emotional and psychological components that come with being a job seeker. So that's not what this episode is. This one is just going to be a quick diagnostic of some of the things that I've seen hold people back and some things that I know could help you start to get more callbacks. Please also realize that this episode is not based on hacks. Many people and maybe other podcasters want to give you that quick and easy answer, but the truth is that these things don't always come so easy. I tried in coming up with this list to make sure that these were hard core and tried and true principles that genuinely and usually help people out in their job search process. The truth is that it isn't easy sometimes, but I do believe that these answers do cover a lot of our bases here when trying to have a successful job search. So without further ado, why am I not getting an interview? Here are some important considerations. Number one, you may not be applying as much as you think you are, at least enough to get success. Stick with me here. I know some of you people feel like you have applied to job after job. And I've spoken on the phone with a lot of people who have come to our service just saying, hey, I've applied to a bunch of jobs online, but I'm not getting responses back. Some people, I'll ask them to give me a breakdown. And they'll say, yeah, I've, I've just applied to a lot of jobs and just haven't heard back. So kind of the same thing. And then I'll say, how many jobs, really, tell me how many jobs have you applied to? And they'll say, well, I've sent out like six applications last week. And, you know, before that, I wasn't really consistently applying. And this week I've kind of networked and met some people. And so I've said, wait a second. So you've said to me earlier that you were applying for a bunch of jobs, whereas the reality is you've only applied to six positions out there. And then they'll have kind of this moment where they realize that they weren't applying as consistently as they thought they were. So I use that example just as a quick check for some of you people who've really thought that you've sent out an application out there many, many times and not gotten the ideal responses. Because the truth is that it's tough out there sometimes. You will get that opportunity. You will get that job eventually, but it really does take persistence because a lot of the times you're competing against a lot of other people who are applying for the same exact position out there. And according to a poll from TalentWorks, job seekers on average have an 8.3% probability of getting an interview from one job application, which means that if I fill out an application 10 times, I still may not get an interview. Now, some caveats to that might be that it varies and it may really depend on the industry that you're in. Some are more competitive than others. And another thing, which we're gonna get into with my second tip here. Is that not every single one of those applications may be quality applications? For example, have you ever applied to a job that you thought, eh, okay, I'll give it a shot? Whereas in the back of your head, in reality, you knew that it wasn't going to be such a great fit for you. What I tell people here is really to have a sense of self awareness for the jobs that they are applying for and to keep track of how many jobs they're applying for. An action step I might tell you. Here, if this is something that may be a problem for you is to get an excel spreadsheet to create an excel spreadsheet and to track how many applications you are sending out on a weekly basis and to keep track of the method that you are sending out these applications are you applying online are you applying through your networking efforts how are you sending out your applications I want to conclude this point with a story about Stephen King. When he wrote his first novel, Carrie, he submitted it 31 times and was rejected 30 times before that. On that 30th time, he threw the novel away and was just about ready to call it quits, but his wife fished it out of the trash and encouraged him to apply or to send it out one more time. The moral is that even if he did reach out consistently to all 30 of them, and only the 31st publisher saw the brilliance of his work, it really doesn't matter because he reached his eventual goal. The rejections don't predict your success because when you're applying for jobs, it only has to work once to get that job that you want. This is also something that we talked about at the very end of our last episode with Dr. Benjamin Ritter. He said that even if you do get 1 million rejections and then you get the offer, does it really matter that you got 1 million rejections? Because you finally made it. That's all that matters. The rejections don't matter. It's about finally when you get to where you want to be with that one offer. Keep your eye on the prize, people, and you will get there. All right. Reason number two, your applications are too wide and not deep enough. So this is going to seemingly contradict my first point here. But a common mistake that people make when they're spraying their applications out is that they're applying for a wide variety of companies and positions and essentially they're not giving a very good application they're going too wide but not deep enough so in this case and we referred to this we alluded to it in our last point here is if i'm not very targeted and i'm applying for a bunch of positions that i may be a good fit for then what do you think the perspective of recruiters and company managers and hiring managers are When they are looking at your application, they may be saying the same thing, which is this person looks like they might be able to do a good job with us, but it doesn't seem like they're a perfect match. And if I'm a company really trying to kick it into next gear with this role, then I want to find an all-star who is going to be a great match for my company. So with this point, I would encourage people to get very clear on what jobs that they are called to do. What jobs do you really think that you're going to thrive in because you have an interest in them because you feel like your skill set is going to be a good match for them? Similarly, a big mistake that people make is that they apply for jobs that they're too qualified for. We call it overqualified or jobs that they are definitely underqualified for. Now, at this point, I don't want to discourage people to pigeonhole themselves and to not shoot their shot when you may actually be a good fit for a role that says they need 5 to 10 years of experience and you only have 3 or 4 but i really want to make sure that people's expectations are aligned with the job posting or how that they are going to achieve success in that future job so ask yourself what positions am i truly truly made to succeed in and then get very targeted on finding out ways to apply for those jobs effectively As a result, if you are going to apply too wide and not deep enough, your cover letters will lack that oomph that will impress somebody when they're looking at you. Your resume may not look like a good match, and naturally, your keywords that are on your resume are not going to get screened well enough because it just naturally isn't going to work that way. Your application form fields will not be filled out all the way because you just didn't care to do them thoroughly. Contrast that with a position that you feel very, very called to do, you might write an amazing cover letter. You might have a resume that just seems like you're a great fit for the company culture, even for a job that you're applying for. So, my actionable piece of advice, and this is where I'm going to marry my first point and not contradict myself here, is to hustle, hustle, hustle your butt off and to spend your time applying for these positions, but do not spray and pray. So a strategy you can try is to, let's say you were spending, I don't know, three hours applying for 20 different positions. And the reason why you were able to apply for 20 different positions was because you sprayed and prayed and you just shot that resume out really quickly. Well, why not take that three hours to really dive deep and look at what a company wants To take the time to follow them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and to connect with individuals who already work at that company and get to know the company before applying to it. This is something that may work for you and something that I would even recommend for myself if I was out there and looking for a job out there. So take the time to get to know a company, to network, and make sure you have a darn good application because you really cared about the position that you were applying for. All right. Reason number three, your application strategy is backwards. This is one of my favorite ones to talk about because I know how much it affects people on a daily basis. So what do I mean by your application strategy is backwards? Well, I'm talking about the fact that most people apply cold for positions when they really need to be tapping into the people that they know, including their family, friends, and even acquaintances that they are able to meet or people that they've already met in the past. This is huge. I would tell you that if you are the average job seeker right now and you're applying for a job, you're not really tapping into that network as much as you should. Now let me talk about the internet just for one second here because are many reasons why that's the reason why we are here today. If you're listening to this podcast because of the beauty of the internet but one potential downside and disadvantage to the internet is it's caused a lot of people to be lazy in terms of the way that they connect and do things. They use it as a crutch instead of a tool or a boost. What I mean by that in terms of the job search context is a lot of people are enabling themselves to use that spray and pray method by shooting out their application to company X that they've never seen before, but it looked like a half decent match versus really getting to know that company through people that they know through networking. So why are people not networking as much as they should? Why do we feel more connected? Why do we think that we're more connected than ever because of the internet? Whereas in reality, we're really not connecting with people like we should. This is the reason why I think many of us listening to this episode right now and maybe even some of your friends, may not be getting the success that they want because they are thinking like they are making a connection, whereas in reality, it's just not happening for them. And according to a 2019 Glassdoor study, 51% of job seekers say they prefer finding job opportunities on online job sites. This means that the competition is pretty darn steep If you're competing against literally hundreds or even thousands of candidates for one job application and in a 2015 LinkedIn business study only 30% of job applicants were actively doing company research and sending in relevant cover letters and resumes for their application that would explain a lot of company and recruiter behavior on why they are ghosting applicants or sending that dreaded bot rejection email. The, I'm sorry, your resume is not good enough when you just sent the resume about five seconds ago. And like, how could anyone possibly have looked at it? This is a reason why this problem has been created for all of us. It may not be you that is sending in that crappy resume. In fact, I know if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably the type of person who really took the time to tailor the resume and make it look good. But the reality is, still remains that you are competing against potentially hundreds of other people because recruiters need a good screening system and that screening system that may not be perfect still may be sending your resume to the no pile or just sorting it down to the very bottom of the list. So the antidote to that, the thing that I recommend that most people do here is spend more time on your warm game. Spend more time doing the dreaded networking thing. I know a lot of people don't like to hear the word networking, but the reality is, is that it's the answer. In our 30th episode with Mac Pritchard, he talks about the power of informational interviews. The name of that episode was Uncovering the Hidden Job Market. And I truly love the insight that he brought to the table. He said that if the good jobs are found through networking, then why are most people spending 80% of their time coldly applying to jobs at companies they'd never seen before? His recommendation was to instead spend 80% of your time in conducting informational interviews and reaching out and connecting with people in your industry that can help get you to where you need to be. The caveat there is to not ask for jobs outright or not to ask them to give you an interview at whatever company they're working for, but to approach it from a genuine level of curiosity and really trying to extract information from them so you can further yourself as a professional. Because there's an old saying that goes, if you ask people for a job, just going to give you advice. But if you ask people for advice, they may just lead you to a job. So in that case, use the informational interview strategy, use your warm networking game, use those people skills. Don't care if you're an introvert or an extrovert, but these are the things that can really help lead you to getting that good, solid job that you want at the end of the day all right, why am I still not getting interview? I have a bonus tip here. There were just going to be three. But since we are a resume service, I thought I'd slip something in that was resume related. Kind of makes sense. But reason number four, why you still may not getting callbacks is that your resume may not be targeted enough or your resume may not just be getting past the applicant tracking systems. And there's a lot that goes into that. And there's just so many different rules and reasons why your resume may not be ATS friendly. But let's start with a few quick ones. The first is that you're not tailoring your resume closely enough to the job posting. I don't recommend every single person go crazy and spend five hours rewriting their resume for every job posting. I think that would just drive me crazy if I had to do that. But there are certain things you can do, such as looking at possible keywords that a job posting may be screening you out for and making sure to integrate them within your resume. For instance, if a job posting really thinks that JavaScript is important and I'm a software developer, then maybe I not only want to include the word JavaScript within my resume, but maybe I want to push it to the top so that someone can read it when it actually gets screened. Now, there are a million different reasons why your resume may not be good. And for that, I would tell you to check out our urgent care package. It's at a very low price. I think it's like $15 add-on on this package where you can just send it in to our company and one of our professional resume writers will give their own diagnostic breakdown for your resume specifically. So check that out and just like I said, there's a million different reasons why your resume may not be good and I think this is gonna be something that could help those of you who are struggling in this area. All right, that concludes it. Hope you found this to be useful and encouraging you for your job search so you can really move forward. And get that momentum that you need in order to get your job search success, to get those interviews and eventually land that dream job. I will make sure to link relevant episodes and links in this description, including our 30th episode with Mac Pritchard, as well as the resources that I mentioned and cited within this podcast. Hope you find those to be useful as well. All right, job seekers, this concludes episode 180. Go out, be warriors, and I'll see you next time.